Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. This is Band from Ringside. Tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast, we have your Halloween Havoc recap. CM Punk's dog. Is MJF a babyface now? Uh, and a little surprise for you, Jason. Your boy, your boy, that's me. Mm-hmm. Watch my first Vikingo match. That and a whole bunch more tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast. I know Bill says it's a lot. It's a visual media. <laughs> it's not a visual media, but my mouth just dropped open. about that. <laughs> it's that 9 to 5. It's time to feel alive. Hello, Marks, and welcome to the Band from Ringside podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bill Vagie, a.k.a. You know, it's Halloween week, a.k.a. the Texas Kayfabe Massacre, Rosemary's Kayfabe, The Shining, directed by Hanley Kubrick, The Blair Vase Project, Invasion of the Jobby Snatchers, and <laughs> Fight through the squashes and work through the botches and slam in the back of my jobula. <laughs> and sitting directly across from me, we have Jason Cornelius Bell. What's going on, JCB? Goddamn, boy. The fact that you Sung the last one is, is really the cherry on top of the fucking uh, AKA cake. Vice and I were texting back and forth today, and I'm sure both of us were just giggling at all this. <laughs> I was like, let's just keep them coming. <laughs> What's going on, JCP? Unreal. Oh, you know, same old shit, same old shit, working too much, not getting paid enough. You know how we do it. On that level, we know it. I'll ask the congregation to bow their heads as I read from the latest edition of the Band from Ringside podcast, volume 280. Chapter 3, verse 14 of the Good Smart saith, hashtag boo the heels. It's all good, baby. Listen, share, subscribe, repeat. Big shout out to everybody that I saw on Saturday night at uh, From Dust to Dawn, the show over at Pops on Saturday night. Nice little turnout. Good matches. Great company. Uh, high five time. Patriot Pat. Dog. Uh, obviously, Two Beer was in town for the event. Uh Bill was there, obviously. Uh, Cedric. Cedric was there. His lovely wife, Amelia, was there. So, yeah, we had a nice cast of characters. Uh, Katie? Katie was there. BFR First Lady was in the house. So, yeah, we had a nice little cast of characters. It was fun to uh, get with everybody, sit around, have some drinks, you know, watch some good matches and talk some shit. So, yeah, uh, if you didn't come out, shame on you. Yeah, we missed you, Lucha Chris. I know that he wanted to show up, but uh, life got in the way, and mm-hmm. that is something that happens tonight. We are without Two Beer Zach Pullman. Two Beer Zach Pullman sent us a text message yesterday saying that he forgot <laughs> that today was his 15th anniversary. He said, well, you know, I, I might be able to make it for a little bit. It ain't like my first anniversary. And me and Jason are like, fucking botch city, dude. We know that you ain't showing up before. Like, what are you doing? I was like, see you next week. No, no word no word today about whether or not Zach was going to be here. And Jason walks in. I was like, wait a minute. Is Zach doing it with us or not? And Jason's kind of like, well, I assumed he wasn't. I was like, I assumed he wasn't. But then I called him. No answer. I was like, he's not. We got ready to record. He calls right back. He's like, ah, we're, we are going out to dinner. It's like, yeah, no fucking shit, shit dude. <laughs> anyway. You was talking that bullshit 12 hours ago. Happy 15th anniversary to Zach and Tara Pullman. Happy anniversary, 15, guys. 15, many, many years more. Um, So... This is, uh, there wasn't a whole lot that happened this week, but there is some fun stuff that I want to talk about. <laughs> I know one thing I want to talk about right now. I mean, we even got to be a count. 
I want to talk about this fucking Larry the Dog report that just came out. No, it's got to be a count. No, man, it's got to be a count. Okay, you want to go? You want to go pre-count on this? Yeah, yeah, we can. We go on pre-count. Before on this. we start, I want to say that uh, Joey O'Farrell did put on a hell of a show Saturday night at Pops from Dust Till Dawn. Tons of fun. Just matches that were out of this world fun. Uh, I got to talk to Rocky Romero a little bit. He was a very generous, very, very yeah. cool motherfucker. I got to talk to my hero, Clownvis Presley, for a little bit. The matches were off the chain. Mm. The last match was uh, a, a real Texas death match. I mean, they, they were going at it, and it was a blast. What was your favorite match? Hmm. Uh, probably the curtain jerker. Uh Davy Vega and uh, Mike Algal. Davy Vega was uh, slapping Mike Algal like he owed him some money at certain points. It it was a good way to start off the night. I'm like, all right. I was, I was a big fan of Mysterious Q versus Camaro Jackson. Yeah. I, I loved it. Uh, it was a great crowd. If you happen to be there, next time uh, Grand Dollar Wrestling puts on one of these, tell your friends about it. Tell your friends that don't like wrestling. It is a fun night out. It's different than what you usually do. It's not just going to a bar and watching the college football game that you don't really give a fuck about. It's not going to your friend's house and playing scattergories. It's a different <laughs> kind of night to spend out, and there's no way that I just don't think there's any way that you can have fun at it. No. It, 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 it was, is. It it's, was a blast. It's a great atmosphere and a great event, and like I put on wrestling and Twitter, it's the wrestle, pro wrestling is the weirdest fucking thing in the world, which is what makes it so fun. Hey, so, man. Hey, a, man. So next time Joey O'Farrell and Grandel Wrestling put on one of these shows, make sure that you're there because you will enjoy yourself. Without further – oh, wait, no. With further ado. Here's the further ado. Just go ahead and talk about – I just got to get this off my chest. Okay, go ahead. I just got to. My okay. take might be a little surprising. It, 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 well, with you, it, 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 nothing surprises me anymore. Okay, so apparently now with with this scrum of the elite slash CM Punk after All Out, the, the latest report now coming out is Larry the Dog was somewhat, somehow injured in this scrum. Okay. Ain't it awfully late to be talking about a dog getting hurt you at know, this point, you I know, mean, goddamn, that, that, that enough. That, that that is something else. That that is something that I kind of considered, but it takes. It's like fifth on my list of things to talk about. This, but you're right. Why wasn't the dog? Why why weren't we talked about a dog getting two teeth knocked out? Apparently, the dog was standing by the door when the young bucks and Kenny Omega. Now, this is allegedly. This is <laughs> this is coming out of CM. This is coming out of CM Punk's camp, and there's a little bit of movement on this. It looks like they are negotiating. Uh, they are negotiating CM Punk's way out. That's the way it seems. This Sounds is not right. breaking news. I'm not a journalist. I'm a podcaster. But that's the way it seems. This leaked out that the dog was standing right by the door when the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega kicked it down. Now I just picture Matt and Nick Jackson. I don't know which one's which, standing on whichever side. But <laughs> super I, I, they're, kick they're, party. Having, they're having a super kick party. <laughs> they kicked down the door. The dog standing right there. Now listen, if CM Punk's dog uh, got got hurt, then CM Punk's maybe maybe CM Punk throwing hands is a little bit more understandable. <laughs> <laughs> Don't look at me like that, Reaver. <laughs> now listen, what you trying to say? You ain't gonna throw hands for me? <laughs> my trusty, my trusty lab pit mix, Reba, my best bud. She's she's four years old. She's looking right at me I right mean, now. Like, now. She's looking at Jason. She's like, you gotta stand up for me. <laughs> She, I think she knows what I'm going to say. 
So there's a few things that I have. To, so if CM Punk's dog got hurt, I would be pissed too if my dog got hurt. That being said, it is for for one, it's unprofessional bullshit to go out there and call out your coworkers, maybe kind of your bosses, in a press conference. No doubt. And like I know that wrestling's not a regular job. I know that sports aren't a regular job, and I know that things happen uh, in these in the, at these job workplaces that aren't like me going to the large financial firm that I work at. I am not going to call out my boss or call out even you know my boss's underling who happens to be above me. Whatever. So that's unprofessional bullshit. You know what else is unprofessional bullshit? Bringing your dog to work. Maybe you shouldn't have your dog at your job if you're going to be, and if you're going to go out on a press conference and talk a bunch of shit about some high testosterone motherfuckers, pro athletes that are 30 and 35 years old or however the fuck old they are. They're not old men. They're, they don't have low T yet like the commercials will have you believe. They're still young men. They're going to be pissed off. Maybe don't go call out these motherfuckers and then have your dog standing right in front of the door when you know that some shit's going to go down. Bingo. This does not make me feel any more sympathy for CM Punk. It does not bring me over to CM Punk's side. My Now, I feel terrible for Larry the dog. If Larry the dog lost two teeth by getting kicked out, first of all, I, I, how does a dog lose teeth? That sounds almost impossible. I've never heard of a dog, dog. losing teeth. Never. But... If that is the case, that's terrible. Larry the dog, I send out my love and my thoughts and my prayers to you. I don't send out anything to CM Punk, man. At all. Leave your dog at home or don't call out a bunch of motherfuckers when you're at your press conference afterwards. That's basically that's basically my take no, on it. No, I, I, I agree with you totally. I was going to say once again, Larry the dog is collateral damage for CM Punk talking shit. And... At this point, I'm I'm over. Uh, clearly, I'm over CM Punk. I don't even want to talk about this dude anymore. He has been such a huge disappointment. I mean, just coming in with such fanfare. I mean, the way he came in, it was basically your daughter's fucking first day on the the planet, and CM Punk decides he's going to come back. It was such a memorable moment, and the way to see. This end now is so just disappointing. This was must be. Well, this was must be what a parent feels like in disappointment. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like man. You know, you had so much promise. We had so much to do, and now this is how you going out. I got my daughter out of the bath tonight. I got her ready for bed. I was reading. I was reading her like we were all ready for bed, and then I start smelling something, and I'm like, wait a minute. I just. Put the lotion on you. We did the ear medicine. You know, we're all ready for bed. Jason's getting ready to come over. And now you're going to take a dump? Now you're going to blow out the dipe dipe? Now I got to change your jammies? Oh, God. I'm not mad that you had to make. Just a little disappointed. Just disappointed. <laughs> That's all we're going to talk about CM Punk tonight. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think we, I think it's a safe bet. All right. Without further ado, let's get to that three count. <laughs> I'm getting ready to walk out of here and crack open my first beer. I'm like, hell yeah, here we go. What the fuck is that? <laughs> Fucking open up her diaper. There's like whole grapes in there. I'm like, what the fuck? It's disgusting. <laughs> well, did, you, did you chew this shit? You need to swallow it. <laughs> no. 
It looks like one of those yogurt parfaits that didn't get mixed up. I'm dead. <laughs> Holy shit. Dealer's choice. Dealer's choice. Um, aye, aye, aye. I want to talk about WWE. Um, I know I talk about it a lot even when Zach's here, but I was thinking about it just today and just general principles, general thoughts on WWE since, especially since Triple H has kind of uh, taken over the helm, so to speak. I don't know if it's just the build for Crown Jewel or it's just my general feeling overall, but it feels like WWE's kind of cooled off a little bit. It's, it's not keeping my interest the way it did, say, a month ago. I'll, I'll kind of blame it on Crown Jewel because there's a lot of the storylines are building up to the Crown Jewel event itself. Um, Crown Jewel always slows it down. It always puts, it always taps the brakes on what could be a fun build to Survivor Series because it's kind of building to this glorified house show. Right. Now, we've seen... Titles change hands, so it can be newsworthy sometimes. We've even seen some great matches, uh, but it's mostly forgettable shit, so it always slows it down, but I- I'm with you. Go ahead. Um, the one kind of noteworthy thing out of the two shows, Raw and SmackDown this week, that kind of took my eye was the return of Nikki Cross, not Nikki A.S.H. It is the appearance of what was, I would assume, the return of the Sandy character, Nikki Cross, that attacked Bailey and Bianca Belair at the uh, on the main event on Monday night. Now, the rumor is, is that she might be added to a possible title match coming up where, obviously, Bailey won the main event over Bianca Belair with assist from Nikki Cross. So now we might do a three-way uh, possibly at a crown jewel. I know, yeah, I know. Look at you. You're already getting excited. Um, Bianca, Bailey, and Nikki Cross. For me, probably a little too soon to have Nikki Cross back in to the title picture, but I guess this is all kind of a bridge to ultimately to, I guess, the return of Charlotte Flair, I guess. I wasn't even thinking about Charlotte Flair. I was glad to see Nikki A.S.H. back in her normal Nikki Cross character. When she came out, they kept yelling Nikki, Nikki, and I was like, they're not, like, that is not a good one-word name for an an individual. (laughs) Like, it can't be something as easy as Nikki. You know, (laughs) some things things kind of work as a one-word name. Seamus works. You know, Cesaro's not bad, even though Antonio Cesaro's better. But Mm. I'm glad that it's Nikki Cross. I'm glad that she's out from under the Nikki A.S.H. character. I, I, the Nikki A.S.H. character. Would you, would you say that it was a success? Mm, no, um, it was, it was. It felt like it was another tried experiment. Like Liv Morgan was an experiment to be to see if she could be the women's champion, and right now she just can't. Um, I think they tried something. Um, Apparently, this was Nikki's idea. She wanted to go this route, and it it didn't work. You know, they they gave her the title. They you know they gave her the, the big win over Charlotte, and from that point, she just became another Vince caricature of what he wanted her, this character to be. Not I don't, 
not saying that you know Nikki wasn't always agreeing to it or disagreed with it or whatever. It just it just didn't work. I would say no. Um, she did get a title run out of it. I want to say that she won the tag belts. Yes, with Piper Nevin or with Dewdrop. No, um, Rhea Ripley. Oh, that's right, with Rhea Ripley. So. I don't know. I hope she sold some merch, and I hope that she, I hope the individual, I don't know what her real name is, but I hope that she made some money off some merch because that's the kind of thing that you can sell to kids right. quite, quite a bit. So I hope she made some money. It's not, it It never worked for me. Then again, I'm a 42-year-old man. I was just going to say, it was, it was for the target audience. In it, was, it was for the children, so I hope that she made some money. That being said, I am glad to see her back in her old character because her old character was a character. Yeah. I mean, her sanity character was an unhinged fucking wild woman uh, that could wrestle, and that was crazy. And that's something different than we had. We don't really have one of those uh, in certainly on the main roster, but not in WWE at all. So I was glad to see her come back. That's fine. Add her to the triple threat. Um, even if she's there just to take a pin, if you're trying to uh, stretch out the feud between Bianca Belair and Bailey, if she's there just to take the pin from Bailey, I think that that's even a better idea because I don't think that Bianca Belair should be pinned, but I do think Bianca Belair should be in chase mode. I think I said this last week or a couple weeks ago. I think that's a better move. Who do you think is the mystery, I guess, partner for Hit Row? Is this going to be a new Hit Row member? The word on the street is someone's being called up from NXT and going to be on SmackDown on Friday night. Who's your guess? So I missed this. So there is a new Hit Row. On SmackDown on Friday night, um, Hmm, B-Fab apparently said that she's got an idea to even the odds with Logano Del Fantasma. So she's making a call, and then there is going to be a match with Hit Row plus Mystery Partner versus Logano Del Fantasma. So it's going to be a dude, yes. obviously. Yes. Um, most likely be a person of color, I would, have to, I would have to think. Um. The nation of domination jokes can only go so far. No, nah, that's not what I'm thinking. I'm trying to think of like who the whitest guy on NXT <laughs> is. I was like, that would be. I mean, that would be interesting if they put. Uh, but I, I don't know that that Quincy dude. Carmelo Hayes is apparently the guy that is rumored to be the call up for Hit Row. Yay or nay? I'd be totally fine with that. But if Carmelo Hayes joins Hit Row. Carmelo Hayes needs to be the leader of Hit Row. He is uh, he's he's the mo- he's got the most charisma. Uh, he's probably the best talker. Actually, I'll say he is the best talker, and he's the best wrestler. I don't mind Carmelo Hayes uh, being called up. Obviously, we could talk NXT here in a minute. I'd rather him stand alone. Him and Trick Williams stand alone and just do their thing. I see why you would do it in this scenario, just so you can introduce those who don't know who Carmelo Hayes is, uh, especially those who stopped watching after the Black Apollo Crews. Okay, I wouldn't necessarily be too opposed to that. Put him in a do-rag. 
Oh, Jesus Christ. No. No. <laughs> the dude's already got enough identity crises running around with everything that's changed. With no, him. they're going to make his character like, uh, what the fuck? Oh, shit. I should have I remembered this before. I, uh, is it Morse Chestnut that was in Do the Right Thing that gets killed? Yeah, Ricky. Yeah, Ricky. Yeah, they Ricky. should make his character like Morris Chestnut and do the right thing where he's around all these gangsters, but he's actually like really clean cut. <laughs> should am I not am I not in the right place to be able to make that joke? Should I not make that joke? <laughs> you can make that joke. I'm just I'm, you know, I'm always shaking my head. It's, Give me the Ricky's. motherfucking gun, Trey. <laughs> I'm just shaking my head because Ricky got shot, man, man. You know, my man was getting ready to go to USC, do some. He things. was running too, man. Yeah. He was fast as shit. Yeah. Ain't faster than these bullets. Nah, hell no. Nah. That that motherfucker got shot. This motherfucker that was a damn shame. R.I.P. Ricky. I love you, man. Um Another Bray Wyatt, um, another Bray Wyatt segment on Friday night. Um, I don't know. I'm trying. I just it circles, man. I don't want to. I don't want to chase my tail. I don't know if it circles, but I do know that I don't have the time nor the desire to parse his uh, promos to try to figure out what he's talking about. Oh, and now he's talking about he's a servant. It's like, okay, just get him in the fucking feud. I don't mind long-term storytelling, but I want long-term storytelling in the ring. Not long-term storytelling. It it looks like they're setting him up for a feud against himself. That is not what Almost, I'm interested. That's yeah. not what I'm interested in. Yeah, I was gonna say that. I want to see him wrestle. I yeah. know. I know he's not. I know he's not five star, Mister Five Star Classic, but he's no slouch either. I want to see him in the ring against somebody. Yeah, that's I'm, what I want to see. I'm, I'm not sure how you even get to that point because right now it's the war within himself, and I get that. Like I said, I get it. You know, we all did it. I said it last week, but now it's really starting to feel like it's some sort of lead up to a. a Match? Question? I don't know. If we see a cinematic match against him, where it's Bray versus we get it. If it's if it's Bray versus Bray in some sort of cinematic match, I am out forever on Bray Wyatt. Out forever. I, I think we get that shit somewhere, some way, somewhere down the line. I, th- I bet you we get it. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. I, I, th- I think that we. I think that we. If you listen to last week's podcast, you probably know where Jason and I and Zach, weirdly, something that we all three agree on 100%. Um, and if you missed it, you can find us anywhere podcasts are found. Uh, you can go back and listen to it. I don't want to relitigate this because I'm not going to relitigate it. There is no hung jury on this. I know where I'm at on Bray Wyatt. Uh, I will comment on it when somebody else is involved besides him just talking. Also, I don't like him cutting a promo with music behind it. Get the fuck out of here with that shit. Man, I'm getting ready to launch into what I did last, what I said last week, and I don't want to do it. Please, let's move on, please. Logan Paul. So Bray Wyatt. Yeah. No. <laughs> Logan Paul one punches Jay Uso to, I guess. Build to their uh, that that their match, but the Logan Paul Roman Reigns. What you think about this segment? Nah. What's you what 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 are your what's your opinion about Logan Paul's uh, ability slash comfort cutting a promo in the middle of the ring in the final segment on a SmackDown? 
for a guy that talks for a living, it feels like he's not comfortable talking, if that makes sense. Ultimately, for me personally, the crowd doesn't like him, but they're positioning him as a babyface. Round peg, square hole. Just make him a fucking heel and be done with it. Sure, sure. As the promo went on, though, he got more confident. He got better. He went out there, and I, I don't think he. I just don't think he likes being booed. I think he's the type of guy that's probably surrounded by people that love him all the time. Like he's a yes, he's surrounded by yes people, yes men, and I don't think that he likes being booed. I thought that the promo got better as it went on. I will say that J- wait, Jay or Jimmy? Jimmy Uso is the one that came out and attacked him because Jimmy's the one that doesn't. Jay, Jay attacked him. Jay's the one that doesn't like Sammy. Jay doesn't like Sammy. Jimmy loves Sammy. I would have bet money that it was Jimmy. No, J- that was the whole re- that was the whole thing. Because Jimmy it- likes Sammy. Jimmy likes Sammy when they when they dap. That's Jimmy. Okay, I will say this: that Jay's worked punches on Logan Paul were Kane Velasquez <laughs> level bad worked punches, and that Logan Paul's worked punch on Jay Uso looked like. The fucking Undertaker or something <laughs> like it was a perfect. It was a perfect worked punch. No shade on Jay. Well, a little bit of shade on Jay. I've seen a bit of shade th- on there. Jay. There is there are good worked punches and there are bad worked punches and there are normal worked punches. His worked punches on Logan Paul. There was two feet easy. Two feet in easy. between him throwing the punch and Logan and Logan Paul was selling it. You know he's not the pro in there. Jay Uso's the pro in there. Jay Uso needs to make that look better. I agree totally. Um, just quick thought. Find me, Jay. Oh, Jesus Christ. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, Liv and Sonya Deville had their match. Uh, I guess Liv is going to the extreme now, or she's flipping to break. I don't know. This is another I don't know what the fuck's going on. I So I, I, I guess I didn't have as big of a problem with SmackDown as you did. I think that that's probably the right way to go with Liv Morgan. If you're going to keep her on TV, give her something to do. If she's going to... If the thing on her is that she wasn't extreme enough to beat Ronda Rousey, have her overreact. As a character, have her wrestling persona overreact and get too extreme. Get too mean. Get get like fucking Jigsaw or something. To me, that's more... Oh, easy, big fella. I know it's Halloween and shit, just... Pop the brakes, Spooky sir. season. Yeah, right. Uh, to me, that's more interesting than just having her go out there and with her shit-ass music and her shit-ass character and her shit-ass wrestling. Okay. I mean, she doesn't do anything good. I don't know why Liv Morgan is famous, to be honest. Damn. Find Shots me, fired. Find me, Liv. <laughs> How do you actually, say that? Actually find, <laughs> actually, find me, Liv. <laughs> better say, you better hurry up. Aaron's on the way home. Uh, we could jump to uh, Raw real quick. LA Knight had a nice vignette, but we've seen that shit before. Um, Judgment Day opens the show, <laughs> and Ray Mysterio, I'm sorry, not Ray, but Dom Mysterio says the line of the fucking night, where he, he compares himself to Eddie Guerrero, and the crowd just goes apeshit. I'm t- I don't care what anybody That's says. That's real heat. I, I, I don't care what anybody says, okay? Dom, Dom, I think, gets it. Dom, I think, is finally understanding that fans don't like him. And he's he's pushing their buttons, and they're reacting to it. And I love to see. I it. completely agree. I think that he looks so much more comfortable in his skin and in his character, slowly but surely. 
right now with his long with his long hair and just his look. I think that him and Rhea really like as a as a television duo as an act. I think they have real chemistry. I think that they are working really well together. I love the way that she kind of fawns all over him, and he just kind of looks ahead like I'm I'm a I'm a bad boy. I'm a shit ass. Fuck you. Fuck my dad. You know. Calling yourself the modern day Eddie Guerrero is about Ooh. as heelish as you can get, especially when you might be his son. <laughs> um, <laughs> for anybody who's listening, that so there there was a storyline a long time ago when Dom was a kid. I mean, Dom was like a baby. I mean, this is probably what twenty two years ago. It's it's been a hot minute. Two thousand, two thousand one. Yeah, so, somebody will correct me and tell yeah. me that I don't know what I'm talking about. It feels right. But but that was the kayfabe storyline was that Dom was actually Eddie Guerrero's son. That Eddie Guerrero slept with Rey Mysterio's wife, and Dom was actually his son. Which, when you look at his height compared to Rey's height, I mean. <laughs> but um, I, don't know. <laughs> I agree. I agree completely about Dom Mysterio. I think that he is coming into his own and showing some. Uh, actual like star potential no i do like dom i do like dom a lot um that that being said he's had a lot of reps on live television he's had a lot of reps in you know he fought seth rollins at SummerSlam one year remember so like he's been put in a position to succeed and now on his first foray into being a heel he is succeeding and that's all you can ask from that. No, this is kudos to, I think, Triple H, because two or three months ago, we were not even considering Judgment Day as a a heel faction worth talking about. It, it felt like it was going on the way of uh, retribution for a hot minute, where they were going to be the next, you know, heel faction joke. Now, you know, they've, they've gotten some relevancy to it. And I think that's... Kudos to Triple H. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say that I've agreed with everything he's done. There's certain things I just don't agree with. That's just me. Well, he, you know, he books five hours of television a week. It's a lot. No, uh, uh, for what he has done to this point, I will tip my hat. Okay, this is one of those things where, like I said, for me, Judgment Day was kind of dead in the water there for a hot minute, and now. It's like, okay, you know, what's Dom getting ready to do? You know, how's Finn going to piss motherfuckers off? Well, yeah, like that's the other thing is that they're opening up basically every Raw. Finn Balor is getting more TV time than he's ever had on the main roster. I mean, that's – and TV time is – that's the thing. Like if you're opening shows, if you're at the top of the hour, if you're wrestling in main events – that means that somebody's got a lot of faith in you. True story. And that is uh, wh- what Finn Balor's doing right now. So. Rhea Ripley slamming fucking Doc Gallows was amazing. I mean. <laughs> I was like, what? I mean, let's I mean, let's face it. Like, they're a good faction. They, they're, they are they, good. They have odd chemistry. Yeah. If you would have told me that, the, that there would be. I mean, seriously, this is so weird to think about. But if you would have told me a year ago that there would be a faction, a heel faction. That was Finn Balor, Dom Mysterio, Rhea Ripley, and Damian Priest, and that they were working. You would have said no fucking way. Give me You'd that. Been that like, pass me you, that shit. You would have said, hit, "Let me hit that." That is an alternate timeline. <laughs> no, I know. You me. went back. Give me you, that shit. Let you, me went, hit it. you went to the Biff Tannen twenty twenty two because that shit ain't real. Okay, I say that I would have never guessed this was worked by a million years. It's I, working. I. 
I'd say that Dom and Ray should have feud, and that's ultimately getting ready to happen at a later point. Like I said, probably ne- the 2023 WrestleMania in, uh, in Los Angeles. But now to have him join this faction, it just it, – it, Triple H has made this thing work. I have to give him credit for this. So have the performers. Let's face it, the performers have made it work too. But sure, sorry. It's they're good as fuck. No, Rhea Ripley is perfect in her role as the temptress. Dom is perfect as the chicken shit heel. So, friend of the show, uh, SmackDown is here T- tomorrow. Tomorrow night, mm-hmm. and I think they're doing two shows. And friend of the show, David Patterson, it was putting in for tickets to maybe go. He's like, would you like to go? I can't go because I got other shit going on. But um, he said the tickets are fifth row facing the hard camera. Oh, Jesus. And I was like, dude, you got to hold up a sign. I was like, I got a sign for you. Hold up a sign. And any of you can do this. But if you're facing the hard, hard camera, it's even better. The sign should say, Dom is a sub. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I know I'm probably not the first person to make that joke. Uh, yeah, but that would be a really funny, funny sign to just fucking funny. keep flashing up, like throughout every match, just flashing up every once in a while. Yeah, man, that's just that. That would be that would be good. I would, I'd have to just sit up there and pop on that. What do you think about this? Um, the Miz, Johnny Gargano, Dexter Loomis triangle. I'm. I'm over it. I'll, I'll say it first and foremost. I'm done. So a few things to say, uh, some throat clearing right here. Um, Tommaso Ciampa, I think he had hip surgery. Yes, which fucking blows. Yes, uh, I was. It sucked that he got. It sucks that he got brought up the other night before I knew that he had hip surgery because I was like, oh, so they might they might try to go the long way around getting Gargano yeah. and Ciampa either back together or fighting each other. I was thinking that too. But he's on the shelf, which sucks. Um, First of all, Miz is just coming across as a sympathetic babyface at this point. Like, the guy's just getting picked on. It's like, okay. At, at, <laughs> like, at a certain point, kayfabe style, like, why the fuck is Dexter Lewis just fucking picking on him? They haven't explained it yet. Right. It started out funny. And then after about four weeks of Raw, I was like, okay, so are we going to get any development in this story? And we really haven't. Yeah. Um, that being said, I think that... Gar- well, Gargano apparently knows what happened. Right, and he's not, and he's not saying anything. He's, We're he's, like a month too late, though. Yeah, I, have we even seen a match between these two guys yet? Gargano and Miz, Loomis and Miz. They were going to do the match, and then Miz attacked Dexter Loomis with the chair, and then the match was stopped. That's because apparently Miz has some sort of shoulder problem, and that's the reason why they didn't do the match on that Monday night. All right, I, I need some sort of story development. I guess that's where Gargano comes in. Um, so we're basically in the third iteration of Johnny Gargano on WWE television. So the NXT Black and Gold, he was Johnny Wrestling, right? Right. NXT 2.0, he kind of adopted this comedy character with the faction The Way, which included Austin Theory. And they were constantly going against Dexter Loomis. And then eventually Dexter Loomis kind of joined them or something. I I don't remember exactly what happened. He um, married his uh, Kate Fave style uh, daughter, Indy Hartwell. Indy Hartwell, right. Um, He's family. And so Gargano kind of started taking on a comedy character, which 
I don't mind. Um, I know that Jason hates comedy in his wrestling. I don't. No, that, that I I do like. To, I did like the Dexter Lewis Indy Hartwell angle. I thought it was really fucking funny. I kind of wish. I thought the wedding was absolutely out of control. I wish that Gargano was doing something else. Be besides being in this Loomis Miz situation. That being said, I just got done talking about how TV time is the ultimate and somebody trusts you if you're on TV a lot. And Johnny Gargano was on TV a ton Monday night. Three, or four, got, three or four segments. Candace got attacked by uh, damage control. Um, right. And then that led into him crossing paths with JBL and Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin and uh, Gargano have a match. JBL uh, pulls some heel shenanigans. Corbin ends up going over Johnny Gargano. All good with me. I'm fine with that. That was good. Yeah. I, I, somebody, and that somebody being Paul Levesque, Paul Levesque, uh, loves the fuck out of Johnny Gargano. And I don't think that it is far-fetched to say that barring any injuries that Johnny Gargano will hold one of the heavyweight titles within 18 months. Is he going to be the next... If they ever take it off a Roman. Is he going to be the next... Baby... Not... Well, Danny underdog... Mike. Yeah, underdog babyface. Every man... Yeah, I mean, I think that's the best... That would be the best use for him. He's really easy to root for. He's an incredible in-ring talent. Like, second... I mean, like, really top-tier in-ring talent. And uh, he can talk. There's, I, I would say that would be the best use for him. If you want to be a chicken shit heel with a faction, you can do it. I, that's not what to do with him now. I would uh, strap the rocket, rocket shit, a rock. I would strap the jetpack to his back. Um, Elias Riddle and American. I was gonna call him American Alpha. <laughs> Yeah, hit me again, really. That, that was stupid. I'm sorry. Um, Jesus Christ. What's the What's the name of the team? Uh, Alpha Academy. Alpha Academy. Thank you. Uh, they had a little segment. Um, I'm not sure what they're doing with Elias just yet. I felt like I thought it actually he was going to flip on Matt Riddle a couple of times once at the, uh, the in the, uh, the the Seth Rollins match last week, and I thought he was going to flip on him again this week, but apparently not. Elias and Chad Gable had a match. It was decent. Elias went over. Not not a huge surprise, but positioning this version of Elias as a babyface is dumb. Putting it with Riddle kind of makes sense because Riddle's kind of a dumb character, but Riddle can fucking work like a motherfucker. Elias can't, and Elias is an annoying prick. <laughs> I mean, that's his that's his character. He's just annoying. He, he thinks he's a rock star, but he's not. You know, I don't, I don't care about Elias. Uh, I'd rather go back to CM Punk. Jeez, or Bray Wyatt. Whoa, wow. Uh, Austin Theory and Mustafa Ali had a a pretty good match, but once again, Seth Rollins it gets into the way, uh, allowing the win for uh, Austin Theory, which seems like it's been a few weeks since he's won a match. But I guess obviously by design. I guess this is a two part question. Um, One. What's the long-term plan with Austin Theory? Is he going to be the next Baron Corbin, the next, uh, shit, what's your boy, uh, 
Damian Sandow or is he going to actually successfully cash this in? Obviously, he has time. Second part, uh, Seth Rollins and Mustafa Ali. Obviously, we're leading up to a match, probably a title match for the U.S. title. Can Seth Rollins get Mustafa Ali over? I'll take the first part of the question first. Um, <laughs> well, you kind of buried the lead here. Austin Theory got rid of his shitty goatee and now has a beard. <laughs> so thank it fucking takes, God. It takes time, man. Not everybody can grow this shit. He also uh, got his first name back, which might have happened a while ago, but I yeah. didn't notice it. Um, Is he going to successfully cash in the money in the bank contract as it stands right now it's still the, it's still one champion so if i was a betting man yes and and, and god knows that you tend to do that sort of thing from time I, to time i enjoy gambling <laughs> i was talking about you the other day what were you saying <laughs> i was saying i don't know if he's got a problem he does like gambling <laughs> he gets a thrill on that shit i was like man i don't get it the only thing better than winning a gambling is losing a gambling <laughs> That's what uh, that's what Jimmy the Greek said. God damn, if he wasn't right, yeah, I'll get it. Um, I think you know. I heard a recent theory about that. Is that like people with gambling problems? They like gambling because of the consistency of it, because they know ultimately you always lose, and it's kind of a loser addiction to have. Unlike other addictions, which are always for winners, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, okay. <laughs> no, I, I, I heard that theory. Uh, I was listening to the Mark Maron podcast, and he was talking about it with uh, Tony Gilroy, who is running the show Andor right now. And I think I've said this before, at least I said it on Twitter. I'm not a Star Wars guy. If you're not watching Andor, you are missing out. That show fucking rips. No lightsabers, no fucking monsters or anything, no Jedi. It is a spy show set in the world of Star Wars, and I do not give a fuck about Star Wars. That show is really good. Anyway, uh, talking about gambling. See, so, like, I like to gamble, but I don't go to the casino because right. I know I know how much money I'll lose at the casino. Sure. And I know that my wife will have my balls if I come home and lose the mortgage. So I bet a little bit, you know, a little bit here and there on some football. <laughs> you know, a little bit here and there on some NBA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just keep, just, keep, just keep the nerves steady so we get, get your hand ain't shaking. <laughs> if I was a betting man, I would say that Austin Theory – Never cashes in successfully on any of the belts. Either he's going to lose the money in the bank, money in the money in the bank briefcase, or he's going to cash in and lose. Um, there's no way he's ever going to hold the United belts. Right. Those belts have to get separated some way. I hope that there is a creative way that they can find a way to separate them. I just don't see it right now. It it it's like, man, how, what are they going to do? Is Roman not going to hold it until WrestleMania? When was Money in the Bank? Was Money in the Bank in like June? Ooh. Which I I know, like you say, I, Money in the Bank was probably like June. Feels right, yeah. Let's say June. Um, I know that you're listening to this and thinking, well, June is still eight months away, but six of those months are leading up to WrestleMania. Is he going to cash in, win it, and then lose it right again? That would be creative if he won it and then lost it immediately in his rematch just to get the just to get the money in the bank briefcase off of him or something like that. That would be something that they've never done before. 
they need to separate those belts. He is not. He's definitely. I would put a lot of money. I mean, a lot of money. I would put both my Subarus down on uh, him not cashing in on the un, on the unified belts. What do you think? No, I I agree. Ultimately, I think this is just they're they're playing the long game and just trying to figure out the best way to make him look good, look strong, but ultimately unsuccessfully. I mean, he came out on NXT. We didn't talk about this. He came out on NXT last week before Halloween Havoc and held it up at Braun Breaker. It's like, dude, you're not going to – the idea of you cashing in on Braun Breaker is – it might be do well to, you know, pop the marks on the internet, pop the marks on Twitter just because you show up on NXT – but if you're out there, if they're talking about you versus John Cena at SummerSlam, and then they're switching off to you cashing in on Braun Breaker at NXT Halloween Havoc, something ain't right there. Yeah. But of all the people that have suffered since Vic, Vince McMahon had to give up the reins to Triple H, besides Vince McMahon's victims, obviously, <laughs> but creatively on the main roster. Austin Theory is put in the most precarious situation because he was seen as Vince McMahon's guy. Vince McMahon gets ousted, essentially. You know, he resigns or whatever, but he gets um, ousted, essentially. By the board of directors. <laughs> That's what happens when you take your company public, dude. That yeah, can happen to you. True story. True story. But Vince, um, he was a Vince guy, and... I don't think he's a Triple H guy, even though I don't think Triple H hates him because he did get some play on NXT back in uh, – that probably wasn't black and gold, though. Either way, I don't think that he cashes in successfully if I had to bet on it. No, I agree. Uh, I just – if there was two titles, then I could see it being a little more feasible, especially on the title that they don't deem as the one that's – you know, worthy of being. Uh, here's here's the thing when the, he the non the non mid card world right. championship. There Here, you go. Here's the thing when he won the Money in the Bank, we all talked ourselves into being okay with it because he is a good talent. He has no problem talking on the mic. Um, he can he can go. He can wrestle. He's got charisma. He's got he's got he's got he's got it all. I mean, he's the complete package. But we talked ourselves into liking it, even though he's probably, for guys like you and me, and, you know, for the Smarks out there, he is, you know, probably the 10th or 11th guy. There's there's 9 or 10 guys that we can imagine putting the money in the bank on instead of him that we would rather see. For example, Chad Gable, Mustafa <laughs> Ali, uh, you know, uh, Apollo Crews, you know, guys like that. I could just keep going on and on. I keep naming guys because they have so much fucking talent. Right. I like Austin Theory. I talked myself into liking it more because I knew that we were uh, we were s- stuck to Vince loving him, you know. But at this point, man, wouldn't you rather see Johnny Gargano walking around with that thing? I thought their match that they had, I guess it was a couple of weeks ago. Um, they should have saved that and, you know, built up the, the the feud and then have a match for the briefcase. That's the one thing that we haven't seen in this, you know, briefcase run for Austin Theory that we've seen in other runs where, you know, they actually had a match for the briefcase right. Um, 
I'll say this. I mean, the reason why we talked ourselves into Austin Theory accepting it is because of past winners. Otis, Brock Lesnar, you know, shit like that, where now it's just like, ugh. You know, Otis is the one that yeah. always we always come back to because it, it feels like the worst of the worst. Brock, you come back to because you know he has no business winning it. John Cena won it one year. <laughs> no need to have John Cena win it either. So, I mean, it's stuff like that where – the concept had gotten lost, and now Austin yes. Theory is someone that I don't think needs that push, but if you put him in the position, especially if there were two titles, if you put him in a position, he could sneak in, sneak his way in and steal the title. He is definitely more in the traditional, for lack of a better term, I mean, Money, Money in the Bank's been around for almost 20 years now. He's more in the vein of what the traditional Money in the Bank winner was. It was somebody on the cusp of the main event, t- cusp of the top of the card, who needed something. It, it was a good plot device, a good storyline, good deus ex machina to get a guy like that over to be able to catapult him into the main event. And it worked with guys. It has worked with guys for a long time. It worked with... Jeff Hardy. It, it worked with Edge. It worked with CM Punk. You know? So this is something it should have worked with Jack Swagger, but they really didn't put all everything behind him. Well, he, he got that DWI too, so that didn't help. Let he without sin cast the first stone. Uh but a couple more things that I want to ask you about about the main roster. Uh, where, where are we at on this Omos versus I was just ready to ask you the same thing. Um, I don't care. I don't. I mean, Omos shouldn't go over just, just for the simple fact that Braun has come back, and I just – that would be a wild event to see happening. I just think it's just, you know, two big guys, you know, Big mini men slapping meat kind of deal. Okay, I get that. Just, I would be really surprised if Ron didn't go over. But I just don't care either way. Ultimately, I mean, I don't. I don't care about Omas. I don't care about Braun. I just don't care. I, I don't think that Braun should go over. I think that Omas should go over just because it's something a little bit more fresh. I just I wish that they had put a little bit more effort into this, just being like, "Hey, here's Braun Strowman and here's Omos," and oh shit, Omos is taller than Braun Strowman. That is it. That's the whole story. MVP's doing his best to make this interesting. God bless him. But if he could get pulled this one off. He really deserves to go to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, but uh, well, he's going anyway. It, it, it's um, it's just not interesting to me. And the other thing I was going to ask you about is. Uh, Anderson. Anderson, Carl Anderson has a match scheduled (laughs) scheduled on November the 5th. One of them being in New Japan and one of them being at Crown Jewel. New Japan has said, and the match at Crown Jewel is the OC versus Judgment Day? Yes. I'm getting pissed just thinking about this the situation. Go ahead. I know where your I I I, I know <laughs> where your loyalties lie. <laughs> no, I was about certainly to say. certainly no doubt about that. But um, Anderson has made his choice. 
obviously that check that WWE wrote, it 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 cleared number one. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, it cleared. But obviously, it supersedes anything, any loyalty in his mind that he has to New Japan Pro Wrestling. The promotion that has treated him so well over the years allowed him to come back despite him having a reputation as not being a guy that puts it all into every match. He doesn't give it his all yeah, every I, time. I, I want to look at that Tanahashi match again. You keep bringing that shit up. Well, apparently that's the book on him, is that sometimes he tries hard and sometimes he doesn't. And he uh, he obviously is in New Japan said they're going to strip him of the Never Open Weight Championship. Should have killed Sh- him in the first place. Should he miss that November 5th match. What is the November 5th? Event for New Japan? It's it's actually a, r- a really big card. Uh, it's probably going to be highlighted, uh, the main event with Will Ospreay and Tetsuya Unito for the uh, the U.S. title. But on that card, he he being Carl Anderson has to face Hikaleu for the Never Open Weight title. That's right, Hikaleu. So, if he doesn't show up for that New Japan event, I hope that they strip him of it beforehand and they give Hikaleu uh, a fun opponent just so we can have a match maybe Ishii or something like that you know maybe Ishii's got another match like some some other like eight man fucking six man fucking bullshit undercard hey, New Japan easy, match easy, well easy. the undercard matches on New Japan are not worth watching in most cases easy come on they're not I, I'm not I won't say that I will not say, say that. it no, I won't say Listen, that. we got to start arguing about something. We can't just agree for the entire fucking... This is not what the people tune in for. <laughs> Look, we get ready to argue right here. Mark. Say, I won't say that. that. That's how they build stuff. You know, that's how you... So where are you at with Carl Anderson? You mad at him? <laughs> a, part, a part of me is just because I'm a Mark, but I'm more mad at New Japan because, I mean, ultimately they made the decision to put in taking the title off Tomatonga and putting it on Carl Anderson, which didn't make sense to me at that point. Tomatonga is one of those guys that's been loyal, you know, pandemic, you know, pre and post. You know, he's somebody that's a building block in my mind that, you know, you want to start, you know, building him up as someone potentially down the line that could be a possible IWGP champion. So now they made that mistake, and now I think they kind of doubled down on it by just not stripping him of the title and just being done with the shit. Yeah, just strip him now. Yeah. Say, fuck you. Yeah, basically. I mean. I know they're going to miss his boy Gallows having those barn burners with Torianu, but they need to put their foot down. Yeah, they, they should have just stripped him and be done with it and just have a match. Everybody was looking for the payoff with Gallows and Yano. I know that I was. <laughs> you were. Motherfucker, I didn't give two shits about it. Um, no, nah, I'm not mad at Carl Anderson. I mean, yeah, right. Um, I'm I'm working, you know, in a re- restaurant, two restaurants. It's all about, you know, who's going, who's paying me shit. If one restaurant was paying me a whole shit bunch more, then yeah, I, w- I would flip like a motherfucker. I got some shit coming up like that. Okay, so there you go. Um, for me, money talks, bullshit walks. I ain't mad at Carl Anderson. I'm Did mad you just at make that up? That should be your catchphrase. No, no, everybody. That's says a, that that's a thing that people say. Money talks, bullshit walks. Yep. Man, that should be your catchphrase. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I say I got one already. Any other thoughts? Um, uh, what is your catchphrase? Wait, you said you got one already. What is it? Boo the heels. That is the podcast catchphrase. Okay, well, that's, it, uh, if anything, it's my catchphrase. Okay, well then uh, I'm the first one to start. It's saying the mother's milk. 
I was going to say, your catchphrase is, it's the mother's milk. Okay. Anything else? You got to put up more of a fight, man. I'm trying to start arguments with you. I'm trying to make this more entertaining. Look, relax. I think it's going to happen. No, it's going to happen. I was going to say, AEW, I wasn't necessarily a huge fan of. I watched it this afternoon. Okay, see, there you go. You rolled your eyes, see? You're going to argue. I mean, I wasn't that big of a fan. Oh, no! All right. Uh, without further ado, let's get to that two count. This should be good. <laughs> so the two count is going to be AEW Dynamite, which aired last night. Um, I started watching it live halfway through, and then I went back and watched the rest of it. But we can start right off at the beginning. First match was Jericho and Daniel Garcia versus Claudio Castiglioli and Wheeler Utah. Wheeler, you. thank you, uh, Wheeler Utah, and uh, <laughs> Claudio Cesaro. Uh, they go over Jericho and Daniel Garcia. Then there's some drama afterwards backstage with um, Danielson, U- Danielson, and Utah. Uh, Claudio gets in the middle of it. Regal just kind of stares. Um, what did you think about this segment as a whole? Um, the match itself I thought was good. Um, I was a little surprised by the finish. I, I guess if you're putting four singles guys together as teams, the non-champions are supposed to win. I don't know. Um, maybe we're getting – I thought we we're at the time we are going to get a push towards – uh, a rematch for Claudio and Jericho, but now Jericho has his open challenge. It's going to be, you know, him versus a former Ring of Iron champion next week. Obviously not Claudio. So that shot that theory down. The backstage segment, it made sense, but it, it was to me it was the wrong guy breaking the shit up. Regal should be the guy that be should be the one getting into the middle. I mean, for me, he is the de facto leader of Blackpool Combat Club. Okay. He should have been. It was nice to see Claudio jump in the middle, but to me, it just didn't feel like the right person, if that makes sense. Friction between the, the teammates of Blackpool Combat Club, I'm okay with that. I mean, shit. It's not. It's not like you and I haven't had you know a beef or two in in twenty plus years. So there's nothing wrong with that. A um, real one? I don't think we've had a real like you know. You do? I don't think we've ever had like a real beef where I was no, like you know, I, fuck I, you. I don't like you. I don't think you know, so. We, we, it's just a general fuck you. I don't like. You. <laughs> it's the undertone. It of never fuck really you. spikes. <laughs> <laughs> Always no. Fuck you. I don't like you. Um. <laughs> So I guess in that scenario, there's nothing wrong with it. It just it just felt off that Claudio was the one breaking it up. That to me was the main takeaway for me. Um, I I'm I'm right there with you, but kind of for different reasons. It seems, you know, it, at least it's a story. They're telling a story about the Blackpool Combat Club. To me, when the Blackpool Combat Club debuted, we were all excited. We were like. That's a cool name. These are all cool motherfuckers. Uh, they added, they added, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, a a, a young lion in Wheeler Yuda, um, and then they add Claudio, who is a total badass, total fucking worker, just 
I mean, these are all guys that can go. And last night I started thinking in, a, in the um, the the little vignette that made it look like the young bucks and the Omega were disappearing, you know, and it was, it was kind of like a, um, not like back to the future, but it's some movie that I've seen where like, well, it just shows them disappearing. It was a really cool little thing that they did. It probably lasted 30 seconds and basically showed them like being erased from the history, right? which lets you know that these mother, these guys are coming back. But then I was like, wait a minute. So when this punk young bucks bullshit happened, Tony Khan was in a hard place, maybe maybe of his own doing, but either way. Oh, yeah, that was definitely his own doing. He was, a, he was in a hard place, and he tried to make the most of it going forward, and I don't think they did a bad job. Got dealt a bad hand last week with Hangman getting hurt, who I don't think was mentioned on Dynamite last night. They, they, somebody said uh, I would have liked to have seen a promo from him, even if it was from home or something. Just saying, I think hey, as Caliber know. said that he was, you know, he was at home doing fine. There was a quick mention of Hangman Page. It wasn't even like you said; it wasn't a promo or anything like that. It was a very quick mention. They lost four main eventers right there. They lost Punk, the Bucks. They lost Omega. Why, why wasn't Blackpool Combat Club just running roughshod over the entire fucking company at that point? Why didn't he just make those guys? Now, they, they had a cool story with Daniel Garcia and Danielson and Jericho. I was fine with that. And Moxley continues to fight fun matches every week. I said this a couple weeks ago, though. It can't all be fun matches. Like you do have to, if you're te- if you if you're a weekly television store, if you're a weekly television show, you have to have stories. Wrestling is not pro sports. I love it when it's presented like a pro sport, but you do need the drama injected into it. And you never see these guys together. You never see Moxley and Danielson together ever. They're both in the Blackpool Combat Club, right. and Regal shows up on commentary every time they're, one of them is in a match and will walk out with Danielson. Sometimes they'll walk out with Moxley, but not every time. Do they not like each other? Like, what the fuck? Why aren't they, why aren't they on screen together ever? I did, I, Just I, never. It, you never see Danielson and Moxley together. You don't. You never see Moxley with Yuta. You don't. You've, I, well, they, you, they were in that like six man a while back, but really, realistically, you, you was don't. that on Rampage or something? That feels right, yeah. I maybe have never seen Moxley in the same room with Claudio. <laughs> like honestly, outside of so, like when Claudio first came in. So I understand that they got put in a tough spot. Hangman got hurt too. So then you got then you got five guys right. that were all two months ago in the main event picture or could have been, been in the, the main, main event, event picture at any point. at any point. Yep, and they're all gone. And I understand that Moxley was supposed to take this vacation. He didn't take this vacation. Now he's kind of got the company on his back, which and he's putting on great matches. I love watching him fight Penta. I could watch him fight Penta all day. I really could. Really good main event. But Blackpool Combat Club having problems within them is not what I expected to see. Like it, like it's a story, but is that the story? You know, I, I'd like that it's a story. I like that they're telling something, but is it a story I want to see? I don't, I don't think that it is. 
I, I don't want to see Yuta versus Dana Bryan. I just don't want to see. I don't. I don't care about it. I I I, I get that, but I think for, for me, it 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 has a little intrigue just because it's it goes to the. I guess the the motto, the motif of Blackpool Combat Club. I mean, they're not above, you know, wrestling each other if need be to, you know, get past the the, the tension. Brothers fight. So I mean, if they're gonna fight, so be it. If it, I just don't want this to, to be a long term thing. You know, if you do it for a couple months and then they, you know, you flush a match out of it and then you know, brothers hug and you move on. Okay, great. But. I, <clears throat> I almost hate to say this, and I don't know if you said it last week or somebody said it, and it's just been stuck in my head. I can almost see Regal leaving Blackpool Combat Club, flipping on Moxley in this main event MJF match. And I know you asked if MJF is a babyface to lead the show, and we can kind of go down that, that rabbit hole now if you want to. I can almost see... Regal flipping on Moxley, teaming up with MJF, and them being a duo moving forward. So I mentioned it last week, but it was completely in passing, and it was a very drunken thought, one that I hadn't even considered until I said it. But now I can see that you're sober. Well, you're not drunk. (laughs) Ish. And now, so... All right, so we can jump ahead to MJF. So MJF... Cuts a promo with Renee Paquette, and formerly Renee Young, and he talks about how he told Regal last week that he was going to earn it, and he said, "I don't have to use the ring." And I'm, I, I think he said something about he's not going to use the ring. No, I think he said he started off with you know he said he was going to earn it, but he was like you know let's be serious, you know I'm MJF, you know there's going to be basically he said he. There's going to be some fuckery. I'm just right. not going to just go in there and be, you know, I'm going to win the title queen, basically is how he presented it. And I was like, okay. You know what? I am start, like, I'm really starting to, uh, I, I don't want to fight this. Like, me and you, like, have a mind meld right now. <laughs> like, now I really want to see Regal with MJF. I think it would be, listen, MJF saying this week that he's going to do it clean means you can fucking bank on it that he's not going to do anything clean. I think that he is teasing the crowd. He played into the cheers last week or last night, and that kind of turned me off until I'm thinking about it right now, and it's like, wait a minute. He is playing us again. MJF called himself the devil Last night, and then are there any devil worshippers out there? I'm like, who the worshipers? fuck is this dude? And then, and then he's gonna say, you know, the greatest thing, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled, blah blah blah. And he's gonna say, I told you guys I was the devil, and you guys cheered me anyway. And he's gonna do some really shady shit. So, I think Jason and I just figured it out. Yep. Um, <laughs> so much so that I don't even want to talk. I don't even want to have the conversation. Is MJF a babyface? It did bother me that he was leaning into the cheers, but now I'm kind of like, well, that. I think it's all the master plan. It's the master plan. I said it last week. I'm not fooled for not one single solitary minute. I'm just waiting. I mean, and that Regal MJF segment from last week that we spent a lot of time on, it was really so good. It would be a shame if nothing came from it. But if it was the beginning of an MJF Regal 
if this is the end of Blackpool Combat Club, so be it. They are barely a faction at all anyway, like I just said. And, like, I don't think we've never seen Moxley with Claudio. We've never seen – we haven't seen Moxley and Brian in the same room forever. It's a great name. It was a cool idea for a little while. Like, when did that start? That that was probably, like, November, so they got a good eight months out of – no, was that this year? So they probably got a good six months. Out. I don't even know. I like my, my. It feels like it was this year. My time is so fucked up, but um, I'd be completely down with it. I'd be completely for it. What did you think about MJF's? Well, you know what? We'll come back to MJF. Okay. Um, FTR versus Swerve in Our Glory. Swerve in Our Glory goes over with some fuckery. The guns get involved. The acclaimed come down and make the save, but either way, Swerving Our Glory goes over FTR. Swerving Our Glory are the number one contenders for the AEW tag belts. What you think about the match? What you think about the segment? <sighs> um, the match was good. Um, FTR just puts on good matches. I think it's it's getting to the point now where I just feel like it's 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 almost impossible for them to have. A poor match at this point. They just they work well together. They work well with anybody else you put across from them. Um, Sneaky Swerve, I think, is uh, something to take away. The low blow on, I believe, that was uh, Dax to set up the the pin by Keith Lee is something that Keith Lee didn't see, and I want to see how that plays out next week if they even mentioned it at all, um, when Billy Gunn got involved in the title match when the acclaimed won, they came back and immediately brought that up. So obviously Keith Lee caught wind of that or some form of fashion. So he's going to, that's going to be, if we're going to be consistent, then Keith Lee should have to at least confront Swerve and be like, Hey, you know, I saw what you did last week. It wasn't cool. We could have beat these guys straight up, however, whatever you want to do. I see ultimately where they're going with that, so it's just a little nugget into the Keith Lee storyline. I just want him to come back and confront Swerve about it so you have more drama into their own personal feud. I get I get it, but I don't, I don't get it. FTR is one of the highest teams you have. I mean, it's it's easily the hottest team in wrestling, period. I was genuinely surprised that they lost. I thought this would be a way that you could have them lose to the acclaimed and get it out the way. Or if you still want to wait for the Bucks to come back, maybe that's the deal. I just I was honestly surprised, especially when you didn't have to have this match to begin with. I was not surprised. I thought that Swerve in Our Glory was going to go over the whole time. I knew that there would be fuckery. I knew that Swerve in Our Glory are basically heels now. The loss doesn't cost FTR a single thing. FTR is the tag team of the year. There's no doubt. You can book it right now. Uso's number two. So you're you're agreeing? Yes. Okay, because you were shaking your head. No, I was saying. No, I'm saying. I'm You're shaking saying my I head. agree with you. Yes. Shaking my head. Yes. Okay. All right. Yes. So there's, you said no argument. Yeah, there's no argument. 
no argument. They've had the tag team match of the year against the Briscoes. In 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 my opinion, they. I would love the first to see, one. I like you like the second one better. I would love to see them in the World Tag League. I don't think that's going to happen. But man, it would be fucking well, sweet if they were. I I think that they're going to defend the titles against the winner of the against World Tag the League. Against the World Tag League. Fair enough. Um, I don't know why the guns and the acclaimed have to get involved in this. I, I, you know, you can have Swerve in Our Glory cheat and still win without having to involve all that. But I know that Tony Khan loves getting everybody on screen. We'll get into that on the main event, which was. <laughs> um, that's all I want to talk about that. Uh, we had Soraya, uh, Britt Baker, Renee Paquette was like, I'm not putting up with this shit. He's right. like, if you guys want me to talk to you, I'll talk to you later. I love Renee Paquette coming back in there and whipping that backstage shit into shape. Okay. She is a journalist, <laughs> and she is not going to let you fucking ramrod yourself okay. into her interviews. Okay? okay? Y'all going to act right, goddammit, when I'm back here. Good for her. I'm telling you, the Moxleys. They run <laughs> AEW. It's John Moxley and his lovely wife, Renee Paquette. Say, say something about it. Say something about I'll get John over here. I got tons of respect for Renee Paquette. No, I, re- I really do. She honestly, she is a she is a fun character off screen and like on her on her podcast, which I've taken a couple listens to. She is very good at what she does, and on screen, she is the perfect backstage wrestling interview uh, persona. I'm just glad they got past the Soraya Brit part. I'm look, I get it. We're building into it, but just goddamn, let's just fucking have the match and be done with it. I'm kind of like, is this what I think this is what your boy's been saying the whole time, right? <laughs> I mean, that that's why I've been saying all that. Look, I, I I know Tony likes to tell stories, but this is a story that you need to go ahead and just pull the trigger on full gear, make it happen, Captain. Where you at on the kingdom? Matt Taven and Mike Bennett. Um, I do like the kingdom. I thought Impact would have been a better place for them to stay. Obviously, once again, money talks, bullshit walks. I what? just, I just. Did you just make that up? No, I wish I did. Shit. Um, I just don't know where they fit. I mean, it's. It feels like they're getting the tag team division back together, at least in line again. But now he he's going after, uh, I guess that's Wardlow for the TNT title, which, okay, I guess I get it. Um, they just keep adding people and people and people. There's so many people that they're adding, and they have so much talent on the fucking, on the fucking roster. Now, if, if word comes with Tony Khan saying that, you know, they're going they announce final battle for December and then in 2023 they're going to have hopefully so, a weekly ROH show. So is now, he just trying to keep all these people warm? Is he trying to that's keep That's what them I all, was going to say. He's just trying to keep them all warm so that when the ROH, ROH thing that's just my guess. Everybody like, still knows who these people are. And they go ultimately over to ROH. Well, that's a tightrope, Spud. Yeah, that's a fucking tightrope. Yeah, I was going to say, there's there's a lot of talent that we don't get to see on TV. I've, I've said on this pod multiple times how I thought this roster was bloated. I just, like I said, for me right now, I, I like the kingdom. I just don't know where they fit in. All right, Brian Danielson versus 
Sammy the Asshole Guevara. What you think about this match? I love this match, honestly. It was I can't remember which commentator said it, but Styles makes fights. And these two guys yeah, have Excalibur. Yeah, these two guys really have Well, then Brian Daniels can wrestle any kind of style you want to. If you want to grapple, you could do that. Uh, if you, you want to fly you, around, he can do that. You and I were at a live event. It was the Royal Rumble, I believe, where Daniel Bryan had a triple threat cage match with Mark Henry and Big Show and had that place eating out of the palm of his hand by the end of it. Pretty much. It was a 12-minute cage match <laughs> with two dudes that weighed 400 pounds and Daniel Bryan made it exciting. <laughs> I mean, that's the type of talent and that he, he is. fucking won. That's amazing. He um, fucking won. Not by pinning anybody. No. He climbed. Yeah. <laughs> he climbed <laughs> out of there. He ain't stupid. Let's <laughs> say, let me go ahead and dip up off this motherfucker. So I knew the match was going to be good, and it just it really just superseded the expectations of the match. Sammy Guevara, I think, is is an amazing talent. If he can just keep his head on straight, you know, worry about his wife and his career, he'll be fine. Stay off Twitter and, and keep away from the bullshit. Um, it was good to see Brian Danielson win again. Um, but now it's kind of like, okay, now what? You know, ultimately I'm like I'm trying to figure out what's the next move for Brian Danielson. He shouldn't just be wrestling great matches without some sort of long-term payoff. He's lost to Jericho. He's lost to Moxley. So, I mean, unless we're building him up again, you know, I, all to be long-term, I don't get it for the immediate gratification of the match. It was it was an amazing match. It was the match of the night for me. Match of the night for me, too. Uh, but... That has more to do with Brian Dennis and that does the same with Guerrero. Same with Guerrero, a certainly very talented in-ring performer. Very talented. He's bonkers. He's got charisma four days. I still think about that ladder spot that he had with Cody Rhodes where he jumped <laughs> off of one ladder and then hit the stunner on Cody Rhodes off the other ladder. A tremendous performer. I got to say this, though. You want me to be honest? Always. Can I be honest? Please. That shit with Andrade turned me off so much to him where I was just like, you cocky little fucking prick. You got a, this fucking banging hot wife. You are a star on uh, this hot wrestling show, and now all of a sudden you think that you can say anything to anybody, and it pisses me off that he uh, he just pisses me off. I look at him, and he infuriates me. He's got real-life heat with me. That doesn't that doesn't mean I'm not gonna watch him wrestle. It means I'm always gonna root for him to lose. I'm not gonna root for him to get hurt. I'm not that type of psycho. <laughs> I'm not gonna root for him, but I will root for him not to win championships. <laughs> I get it, dude. No, I totally get it. I was it, thinking- it was it was such a weaselly fucking nanana boo boo type fucking taunt from him to Andrade that it makes me so fucking mad that I will never look at him the same way. Maybe, you know, there have been people that have been heels in my life that I've come around on in the past, uh, Draymond Green to be one, but then he goes away like just as soon as I start to like him again. Yeah, he, he, he pieces up uh, your boy. Uh, you know, Barry Bonds is somebody that I hated for a long time, and then I started to like him, now I hate him again, and now I'm just like, well, who gives a fuck? You yeah, know, he's an old yeah, man. yeah. He's probably, it's like Jason's age. Uh, <laughs> but right now, Sam McVera, he's on my shit list. 
and I cannot root for him. No, I'm, I'm glad and that. No, I'm glad I dry pieced him up. Shit, you about to say take I, this two pieces and keep it moving. I'll see you Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, like. <laughs> He's easy to hate. I don't know where you're from, but where I'm from, I'll see you Wednesday. That's your ass, (laughs) Mr. Postman. Uh, If Barry Bonds was playing Sammy Guevara in ping pong, I would root for Barry Bonds. (laughs) You said ping pong. That's some deep shit. If the Houston Astros were playing Sammy Guevara, I don't know who I'd root for. God, I hate the fucking Astros. So I was much. just getting ready. You see the look on my face once again. Not a, a, a visual media, but my look face is like what? I really hate the Astros. <laughs> I like Dusty. I just, I, it's, I can't. I don't, I don't think I can root for them, man. I just don't think I can do it. I mean, if if Dusty, so it's Astros Phillies. That's her tonight. Tomorrow. Okay. I guess I could be, like, if the Astros won, I could force myself to be happy for Dusty just because he's been around so long, even though I think he is about as smart as a box of rocks. Stop. But um, I don't think he knows shit. Like, uh, wow. He doesn't. No. Come on. Um, but I could be happy for him. Yeah, for sure. Sure. I can't be happy for the Astros. No. All right. Coming up next, we had uh, Rio versus Jamie Hayter. In a, I think it was a number one contender match, right? Tony Storm came out at the end. I don't know what's going on. Huh? Huh? See, we, 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 yeah. Yeah, we really are. Yeah, we, we really here. We really are. I don't get it either. I mean. Tell me about it. The match itself was fine. I got, I'm well documented. I love me some Jamie Hayter. I just don't think there's anything that she could do wrong, in my opinion, in ring. I just don't get why they put her back with Britt. This was a perfect time for her to flip. Fans are high for her. Just flip her on Britt and just, you know, go from that route. Tony Storm comes out, okay, then who is she holding the belt up to? Who is she, you know, saying, you know, I want to challenge this person? There's two of them out there. And it's always still about Britt Baker. Even when they're they're beefing in the back with Soraya, it's still with Britt in the ring with Jamie Hayter. So they're both, you know, beefing with Tony Storm at the top of the ramp. I mean, God bless America. I love me some fucking AEW. But Britt Baker could take a backseat from at time to time. I mean, it ain't going to hurt nobody to have Jamie Hayter take the lead for a little bit. You can – Britt Baker is over. Okay, she can come back at any given point. It shouldn't even be an issue. Can Jamie Hayter t- get a run at fucking uh, Tony Storm for a little bit? Can we get away from the interim championship? Another discussion for another time. Where the fuck is Thunder Rosa in this mess? It's just it's a lot of moving parts when it's unnecessary moving parts, at least in my opinion. It I shouldn't be that hard. I would have Thunder Rosa by now. I know that you're out there. I know that you're talking about how you're the champion. You ain't the champion. You ain't hurt. I would have stripped her by now, put it on Tony Storm. That being said, I don't know why I said that. I really have no opinion about Thunder Rosa. I'm just, you know, it's a podcast. I'm trying to have a hot take. <laughs> uh, hey, man, look, I like to take About shit. the Rio hater match, I was, I came upstairs. I was doing something downstairs. I came upstairs, and it was on with the sound off, and I was talking to my wife. And I wasn't paying attention to my wife, but I was watching the TV screen with the sound off. And I was watching Rio Jamie Hader. And I thought, man, this match looks pretty good, you know, with the sound off. And uh, I wasn't being told what story it was. They weren't 
shoving anything down my throat, which wrestling announcers can do yeah. in, in uh, across all. Oh yeah, it's not promotions. It's, yeah, it's, it's not a shot on AEW. It's yeah, everybody thinks it's only Mike and Cole uh, or Michael Cole that no. he does that. It's every, Oliver it's, does it too. It's everybody. But I was kind of enjoying watching it while I was ignoring my wife, <laughs> and uh, I was thinking, man, that would be you cool. Wish it. That would be cool if Jamie Hader she wins the match against Rio, who uh, Rio probably weighs like what ninety five pounds. Like, that chick is little. Yeah, she's a fun wrestler. Yeah, uh, it's great, Joshi. Just. Un, just unimaginable. You can't be, see her beating Jamie Hayter. But I was like, man, this would be a really good spot for Britt Baker to turn on Jamie Hayter. Be like, fuck you. You think you're better than me or you think you're the hot shit now. So Britt Baker turning on Jamie Hayter to turn Jamie Hayter face rather than Hayter turning on Britt Baker. Then Tony Storm comes out. And then I have this thought. There are two people in wrestling that have the most perfect facial bone structures just just the two best looking people in wrestling period okay i mean just just really just it it's just unbelievable how gorgeous these people are okay the first one is tony storm okay she's number two okay she is absolutely just an unbelievably good looking woman yeah she's i and just so you know i'm not sexist okay Number one is Roman Reigns. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that pretty motherfucker. <laughs> God damn, he's so good looking. Yeah, I hate that pretty motherfucker. He makes it hard on me. On me, shit. I am ninety two percent straight. <laughs> that motherfucker is hot. As soon as he got them teeth straight, I'm like, God damn. But man, Tony Storm is also very good looking. Yes, for sure. That being said, I I love her as a wrestler, and she seems like she is starting to represent the the women's division in AEW as the actual champion. I know that you talked about this forever, and you are mad that the interim champion. That is not the conversation I'm trying to have. No, we here tonight. We here tonight. That's not the conversation I I'm know, trying to have. I know. I am saying that Tony Storm. I want her to start having non-tag team matches. I want her to start beating people in one-on-one matches. Who is she going to fight at the next pay-per-view for the belt? Is it going to be Jamie Hader? Is it going to be Britt Baker? Is it going to be a triple threat? Am I missing somebody? Is it Carl Sheeta? Probably not. No. no. Um, thought she did, I thought they just did that. Um, I'm sorry I keep sniffling, and, like, this change in weather is fucking me up. I'm sorry. No, they just they just did uh, Sheeta versus Tony Storm for the title uh, was last week, two weeks ago, whatever. So, I mean, Sheeta's out. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's um, right. If, I had to, if I had to guess, and I'm not a betting guy, but if I had to put money on it, I, I would guess it's a triple threat. He's heating up. I think it's a way to, if you want to take the title off of Tony Storm, you could do it this way. Unfortunately, Jamie Hayter might be the one taking the fall if you did it like that. If Or you can have Jamie Hayter win it. You know, oops, I pit, pin Britt Breaker. You can split him up that way. You can have Jamie Hayter pin Tony Storm and have a few interview with her and Britt Baker. It's it's options that you can have where if you did Britt versus Tony Storm, I think there's only one option you could come out with that. And unfortunately, that would, in my head, it would be Tony Storm losing that match. Eddie Kingston comes out and cuts a promo with Renee Paquette. Uh, and it looks like I, it seems like I missed a whole section of this story. I guess. What did, what did, did, 
so you 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 furled your eyebrows to me. What, did you furl your eyebrows to let me know that you agree with me? Like, what the fuck was this? Yes, very much so. Like, what was Eddie Kingston talking about? I have no fucking clue. Did I miss something on Rampage? I guess so. That's the only thing that I could think of. It was the weirdest fucking just what the fuck segment. And I, I'll i be completely honest. I don't watch Rampage every week. I watch a lot of shit, and Rampage just, you know, it, it slides in between the cracks. If there's something that... It's must-see, then I'll watch it. Otherwise, it's just not on weekly rotation. It's real easy. They can make it must-watch. They just don't. They just don't. Um, but that's roster. It could easily be must-watch. Fucking A, man. That's another story for another time. Um, I guess it's something on Rampage. I don't get it. It's because Renee would, you know, was like, you know, basically like, motherfucker, are you straight or what? I mean, you good? And Eddie just played it off like, yeah, motherfucker, I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad to hear that you I, didn't understand it either. No, it, cl- no clue what was going and on. And I read a couple of recaps, and it didn't seem like anybody knew what was okay, going on. Okay, so this, unless I missed it on Rampage, he this says, is completely from right He field. was like fake smiling. smiling. He, he's like, leave me alone. He's like, I'm rooting for John tonight. Just leave me alone. I was like, wait a minute. Do John and him have beef? Are they going back? It made it seem to me like they were going back to Eddie Kingston versus John Moxley for some type, kind of title feud. And, and using Renee as the, like, the, the lead-in over right, it? Right, but then at the by the end of it, okay, it didn't make any sense to me. Uh, by the end, it was like, you know, we good? And he's asking Renee, are we good? I don't, it's over my head. Don't Man, I, I'm... I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> Man, we really are in Zapago tonight. Maybe Zach's the problem. <laughs> um, it took us a while to turn on Zach, but it finally happened. <laughs> we had Darby Allen and Jay Lethal cut backstage promos against each other. Darby Allen also didn't make a whole lot of sense where he said he sent Sting away because he had to prove something to Sting about Jay Lethal and Sanjay Singh and Sanjay, or not Sanjay Singh, sorry. What's his name? Sanjay Dutt. Sanjay Dutt, but what's the tall guy's name? Uh, Saddam Singh. So, dude, I'm white. Like, I I, 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 listen, if you have Netflix, watch the Bollywood movie, RRR. It's an insane fucking movie that's in a different language. But I'm just trying to say, I'd like to delve into other cultures. I do not mind delving into other cultures. Okay. But... Sanjay Dutt and Sajim Singh. Saddam. Sa- Saddam Singh. As a guy named Bill Vagie, I have a hard time keeping track of those things. <laughs> That's why I'm here, boss man. I anyway, anyway uh, the promo was fine. I, I, you know, I, I'll, I'll watch Darby Allen versus Jay Lethal any day. Yeah. Like, give me a 13-minute match between those guys. I'm here for it. Promo didn't, I mean, the promo I guess. didn't light anybody on fire. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I mean, I, it's it's so funny because they try to have these avant-garde promos with Darby Allen, and then they have these just straight up wrestling promos that are from like the eighties with Jay Lethal right. and Sanjay Dutt, where right. they're just like, "Hey, come fight you, yeah. uh, Darby Allen." Totally fine. I guess it's it's the way to explain Sting's. Lack of AEW appearances. Um, I think this is ultimately, well, it's not ultimately, it's going to happen. I just can't remember the date. You know what they could say to me about Sting's Mm -mm. dynamite absences? Uh Uh-oh. 
They could say, hey, the motherfucker is 67 years old. He needs a couple months off. Let him rest. I am known as not being the biggest Sting fan in the world. I was getting ready. I was wincing over here, too. I'm like, but uh, I, you thought I was going to say something mean. Price I'm for not, impact. I'm not going to say something mean. The guy is old, and he's doing as he's, he's clearly having fun being in this uh, tag team or whatever with Darby Allen. He's clearly having fun doing it. He has turned into a spot monkey, which you never thought you'd see. But the guy is clearly doing his best. Agreed. And if he needs to take a couple months off, just tell me, hey, you know, just tell me he's in the French Riviera and I'll believe it. He might be in, I don't even know where he's from. Where's he from? Uh, what, did, what did he say? Venice Beach or some shit? Yeah. That, at California? Least so. Makes sense, considering his old surfer gimmick. Yeah. Um, you know. I know he's going to go to Japan here coming up, uh, him and uh, the great Muda, KG Muda, you know, however you remember He's going to be in the G1. Sting's going to be in the G1. Shit, they, they might try to kill that boy. It's <laughs> um, <laughs> easy, big fella. They're going to have a match, the tag team match. He's against, Stinger splashing yeah. uh, <laughs> Hiromu. Let's <laughs> say, oh, God. Let's say, Ishii might try to kill that boy. You kidding me? <laughs> so All right. Say, <laughs> the main event was Mox versus Penta. Fun main event. Uh lasts about thirteen minutes. I, I I wish it could last longer. I wish that this wasn't a throwaway AEW dynamite main event match, but it ended five minutes early, so you knew something else was happening. Morrissey shows up, William Morrissey shows up, he starts beating the shit out of Moxley, and then the firm comes out after MJF told Stokely Hathaway to not get involved. They clearly get involved. MGF comes out, he has a crisis of conscious, conscience on the ramp, and then he runs down to save Moxley. They start beating the shit out of MJF also. This is a, it feels like we haven't had one of these in probably a month, but this was a typical AEW Dynamite ending, which was a schmoz, which was tons of people, and it just really made to me, this is going to be really negative. The firm just looks like a bunch of fucking bums in there that are just all in the same faction for no other reason. I like the way they built it, but guys, start dressing alike or something. Like, wear the same shirt or something. Why are these guys together other than Stokely Hathaway? Put them all together. You got the guns. You got uh, Stokely, you have William Morrissey, you have Ethan Page, and there's one that I'm forgetting. Oh, uh, Lee Moriarty. These guys have nothing to do with each other. This is a completely forgettable, completely forgettable faction that has no business getting in the way of what should be a pretty fun MJF Moxley feud. What do you think, Jason? Saved by the wife. Jason, what am I missing about the firm? Uh, uh, I don't. I called them. I was looking on Twitter to see exactly what I called them. I said they were a lackluster stable, and I guess that's kind of what you're 
not insinuating for lack of better term, it was basically what you just said. Um, there's nothing that, unless you like individual guys, I like Ethan Page, so I would love to see Ethan Page succeed in this firm, uh, faction, stable, whatever you want to call them. It just doesn't feel like Tony Khan has any real interest in doing that, if that makes sense. Um, I kind of agree with Bill. It just feels like a group of guys that have been put together with MJF kind of being the centerpiece. And now that MJF has fired the firm, and obviously the firm has taken the aggressions out on him and Moxley, I just, I mean, I guess it's going to take two guys to get this faction over because right now it just, for me, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like, oh yeah, you know, this, the firm's going to be like, you know, this next great heel faction. I thought of that about, uh, whatever the fucking faction it was beforehand. Um, the pinnacle, I was, you know, I was big on the pinnacle. I was a huge pinnacle guy. And that shit went south so quick, and it made your head spin. The firm seems like they're not even trying, though. Like, it is, this is not a faction that interests anybody. Like, if they were guns for hire, they should be a smaller faction. Like, maybe if maybe it was Stokely Hathaway with two guys, and those two guys wore the same shirts or something. <laughs> but these guys don't even look like they're even part of a team. And really, talk about the Island of Misfit Toys. Morrissey, the guns, Moriarty, Ethan Page is somebody that has personality. I'm not the biggest Ethan Page guy. I have uh, called him a what do I call him? I called him a buster on many different occasions, but he's not terrible. This is this just doesn't work for me. They should not be in the main event picture, and this is what happens. Honestly, this is what happens when you lose five main eventers. I did say that the other guys had to step up. So I, I, I guess, you know, this is the, the result of it. It just, the firm has not been built up, presented in a, fact, in, a, in a fashion that makes me want to see more of them. I don't want to fancy book everything, and I don't want to second guess everything that Tony Khan does. But. And I, and I know that he's doing everything, everything that he can. The firm ain't it. It, it just, it, they they need to cut some sort of backstage promo. They need to have some sort of coherent goal. And the goal can't just be we're getting paid by MJF. Because no. if that's the goal, unless somebody else pays them, and then they, you know, if it comes out next week that somebody else paid them to turn, against, uh, turn against MJF, that'd be one thing. But that's not the point. That's not the goal here. You can tell that's not the goal here. It's just, it just seems really ramshackle and Frankly, it seems TNA. Ooh. Um, I'm not going to go that far. They did. Go that they, far. 
they did cut the promo. I guess go that far. No, I'm not gonna go that far. Go ahead, no, go ahead. <laughs> no. Stoke, Stokely did cut the promo. And it was basically like you know Ethan Car- or Ethan Page is going to go after the All Lang title. Moriarty's for the pure title. Guns the tag team title. So I mean they did come out with some sort of mission statement. Now from that point they have done. Very little to go on to that mission statement. Maybe this is why the guns are getting involved with FTR. I don't know. Maybe the uh, we haven't seen Lee Moriarty. Haven't seen Ethan Page. Morrissey is Morrissey. He does what the fuck he wants to do. I, okay, it's just this is one of those factions. I just think is going to ultimately when I fail saw long-term. William Morrissey standing behind John Moxley after he won the match against Pinto. I was like, all right, fuck yeah. Here's William Morrissey. And then, like, after a split second, I was like, oh, he's part of that faction. <laughs> because I just wanted to see a big-ass dude come in and big boot, carbon footprint, whatever you want to call it, right. John Moxley, and then maybe we have a little bit more of a story. The firm ain't it. That's my opinion. You guys know I'm an AEW sexual. I fucking love him. I... But I, I, I'm not going to lie to you, the listener. I will not do it. And I'll call bullshit when I think it's bullshit. This was a bad ending to an AEW show. I didn't necessarily hate the ending. It just, it didn't. Mm-hmm. I just, it, 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 no, I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. I get it. You know, you Stokely was not going to get pushed around. You ain't going to just keep talking shit to me. I got this, you know, bunch of guys running around that basically do. I love Stokely. Yeah. I just I would I need to see more of him. I need to see more of the firm being built up instead of just okay. Now we're going to put these, make this happen, and put this storyline together where now they're jumping both Moxley and MJF. So now they're like what? They're both going to be hurt going into the match. I mean, okay, what else? That's <laughs> you know. I'm listen for all you listeners that are still here. I'm going to try to fight with him <laughs> on this three count. Let's get to that three count. One, two, three. All right, so we had Halloween Havoc this week. Did you watch it? I did not. I wanted to watch it. I haven't watched it yet. All right, so it was the highs were very high. The lows were very low. All right, so we had the ladder match, uh, and I couldn't find the sheet of paper. <laughs> I think that it blew away. <laughs> in the, it, so, 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 you know, we do this on my patio, and there was a big storm this week, and I think it blew away the sheet of paper. So maybe one of my neighbors has our predictions, <laughs> so we can go knock on the doors. Here, I'll have you, Jason, a black person right. in St. Charles. Go At, knock go knock on all the doors. Hey, did you have a piece of yeah, paper yeah. Uh, come At back here? Because we, we, we have to find out who. <laughs> Uh, but um, I, I was about to say, I know I got Carmelo Hayes wrong. <laughs> the but you had Wesley second, I think, and I think that I had Wesley third, and okay. Wesley ended up winning Wait. the ladder match. Tremendous ladder match. That's like, right here. A really good one. Uh, very innovative spots with the ladder. Believe it or not, the two guys that had probably had the best match were Oro Mensa and Von Wagner. Like both of them had tremendous ladder matches. This I, I'm not even joking. No, I did. I'm, I'm, I'll take your word for it. Shit, you watch it. Very fun match. 
Wesley was the right guy to go over. I had Nathan Frazier one. I had Carmelo Hayes. I had Wesley third. You had Carmelo Hayes one, and you had Car- and Wesley second. Okay. So I'll take your You got more. You got one more point on 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 me from there. Doc. Um, but go out of your way to watch that ladder match. It's okay. it's a twelve or thirteen minute ladder match, and you will not regret it. Very fun stuff by very eager young wrestlers. Quick aside. Uh, yeah. Did you happen to your, wa- can I see the weed? Did you happen to watch uh, Royal Quest? I did. FTR versus Aussie, uh, Aussie Open? I saw FTR versus Aussie Open. Which Holy was, shit. Yes. I mean, was that better than FTR versus the Briscoes? I have the Briscoes, the first match that they had, not the uh, not the best two out of three. The first match, I think, for my money, it was is the match of the Are year. Are all three this top tag team matches of the year FTR? It's the, they are the common denominator. I mean, it's all three, right? It's, it's two against the Briscoes and one against Aussie Open. This I, is on I, the list. I watched it. It was yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, it was another well, reason why I said is you said go out of your way to watch this match. If you haven't seen that Royal Quest FTR Aussie Open match, go out of your way to watch that match. It was really, it's really fucking good. People are calling it match of the tag team match of the year. Tell some people are calling it match of the year. I wouldn't have a problem with it either way. <laughs> um, the next match started as Mandy Rose versus Alba Fire. Okay, I heard about this shit. Now, what the fuck's this this shit about? They were backstage. It started out as cinematic. Start no, it started out as a haunted house. Okay, far away from the <laughs> far away from the NXT taping area. It was um. See, you already lost me. It's only one way to say it. It was terrible. You but, already uh, lost me. See, this, I, this, I, this, I, this is why I can't come back to NXT. They do silly no, shit like no, this. No, 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 But, I mean, there are cinematic matches in TNA. There are cinematic matches in Impact. There, is, like, there are I, cinematic agreed, matches. Agreed. This was a bad cinematic match. Okay, that's what I'm saying. In fact, most cinematic matches are bad. Mm. Most of them are bad. Name, uh, name the two best. Because um, I, I know I know the two best. The Firefly Funhouse. No, no. To me, I think it's still number one. And then the uh, the the graveyard match with uh, AJ Styles and uh, Undertaker. I would have Gargano Champa. Their cinematic match was also very good. Is that he, the one where uh, he has the cup on when he, he goes well? Okay. All right. Uh, I, I still like Firefly Funhouse. It's more of a mind fuck, but either way, I don't have a problem with it. Mandy Rose drives her back. But she doesn't drive her back until later on to the show. Uh, we had a caught. See, I'm doing this off. Can you see? I don't have this in front of me. This is just me no, doing it from memory. You are doing it. How big of a professional job. I am. Thank you. <laughs> uh, we had Grayson Waller versus Apollo Crews. Now, this is one that you and I had a big disagreement about when we were coming up with it, when we were trying to predict it. Right. And you were like, I don't even watch it. I'm taking Grayson Waller. Yeah. Because you're an idiot. And I was like, I well, I watched. No, you didn't okay. say that. But that's well, what I, I felt. That's, that's what I felt like. That's what, <laughs> Jason, that's what it felt like to me. <laughs> to me, that's what it felt like. I'm sorry. I, I made the grade. I'm in therapy, matter. so I'm trying to use therapeutic language. Okay, I apologize. That was traumatic to me. <laughs> um, God knows I've called you worse and on I the said, show. And <laughs> I said, I'll take Apollo Crews. Apollo Crews won. God, that's what I was going to say. say this big ass lead up, he better, he better won at that point. Uh, that's fine. Look, look, I ain't bad about that shit. I mean, 
if Grayson Waller is is as big as people think he's going to be, he should be able to take a loss from Apollo Crews. They had a really shitty spot here, though, where, like, the coffin broke, and then they had to pull out, like, a second coffin. What, why did they have a coffin? Or what? where they were on the coffin? coffin? No, it was a coffin match. Oh, that's right. It was a coffin match. I, I totally forgot about that. It, was, it wasn't good. Uh, okay. Well, see, well, I'm, I, that surprises me a little bit. Just... No, it was. It, 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 it surprised, the, it was surprised the, me too. Was it for the fact that it was the, the a step match, or would they just didn't have chemistry? No, 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 it was the step match. They, they, they were trying to do things that could have been done much easier. They were trying to get people over, trying to. They were trying to do things that could have been just as easily done without the stipulation. Okay, like they were trying to. You know, they keep trying to slam each other into a coffin. Really, the coffin match only works with one guy. Right. You know, yeah. I don't even have to say who it is. Nope. It's a uh, road dog, Jesse James. No, see, he took too long. He took. He thought <laughs> too long about it. I was trying to think the of first, the hurricane's no, name. She <laughs> just came with the first person that he had. Just, just shoot it out. Obviously, it's Taker. Obviously. So, um, it, <laughs> it didn't work, but eventually Apollo Cruz won. And if you go back and listen to last week's podcast, this is when you made a ton of fun of me. You were like. Oh, you watch NXT and you don't know that Grayson Waller's winning. And I just want to say, once I watched Grayson Waller get thrown into that coffin and lose, I just yelled out like uh, Andy Dufresne once he makes his <laughs> way out from the prison, from the shit prison. I was like, fuck you, Jason! <laughs> but you were right about Cora Jade versus Roxanne Perez. I said Cora Jade's going to win. You took Roxy, and you were right. Lucky guess. Yeah, lucky guess. <laughs> and then uh, this is another match that you should go out of your way to watch. No joke. And this is not because this is a triple threat. Oh, okay, okay. And I it's not because I'm such a Braun Breaker mark and Ilya Druganoff mark, but... The triple threat between J.D. McDonough, Dragunov, I was going to say, and Braun Breaker. The two of those guys can go. And I'm telling you who held this match together was J.D. McDonough. This was a tremendous triple threat match. Very much worth watching. If you don't have anything else going on in some night, just turn on NXT and go watch, watch this weekend. Go watch, watch this, this match. Uh, it's a clean finish. It's... Uh, not a perfect finish, but it's a very, very above average. I mean, I, w- I want to call it a great match. Call it a great match. And then this week, the main event on NXT this week was a match between Ilya Druganov and JD McDonough. And JD McDonough passed him out in a, passed Druganov out in a, uh, in a submission. What? Yep. Bad, it was a bad ass, badass match. Damn. Now, this is wrestling. This is what you want, Jason. You want, guy, you want to watch wrestling, right? You want to watch real ass wrestling. Did so, that, look, don't get me wrong. No, I'm going to get you wrong, man, because this is what happens. You're like, I don't watch NXT, but if NXT was called extreme explosive wrestling or some shit and it was a bunch of people that you've never heard of you'd watch it so you could tell me you're like oh I watched this blonde guy named Ilya Druganov and he fucking ruled or something he does and, rule yeah but if he wasn't in WWE 
he's on NXT. He's on television. You can watch it, but you don't watch it. You're like, I don't watch NXT, but you do watch all this other bullshit. <laughs> Am I wrong? <laughs> After, look, like I said, to me, NXT is on the level of AEW Dark and Dark Elevation. There's guys that I would love to see on AEW regular, you know, yeah, but, yeah, Dynamite but, or Rampage, and do I don't watch, see those. Do you watch anything else that's that has less viewers than that? Do you watch MLW? I do. I used to. I just I haven't made time to watch that. Uh, NWA was the same way. You know, once I started working the second job, a lot of that shit just started to fall by the wayside. And, and I, it should be something I should easily watch. It's just an hour. But it's not like it's not like NXT is. Impact like, is probably the one that it has. If you it, still watch Impact every week? Every week. Every week. Every week. But it's not like NXT is like. I mean, it's developmental, kind of, but it's developmental for people that have developed past. It's not watching people do uh, drop toe holds the entire time or anything like that. It is it. Th- there are people that are kind of well seasoned in being professional wrestlers. Like there are people that you saw this weekend at Joey's thing that have wrestled in NXT or even stuff that that probably has more viewers than NXT, right? Dak, Dak Draper, I think, is was one guy that we didn't oh talk about. That. I, he, he's a standout I guy. I fell in love with him Saturday night. Okay. I really I really did. I was like, this guy fucking rules. He has everything that I want. He's got the look. He's got the heel attitude. And he's he just... He's, Some, got, uh, he's somebody, got the look again. Yeah. He, he looks so incredible. I'm surprised WWE it was such a has not knocked on his door. Seriously. Uh, that being said, um, on Halloween Havoc and on NXT, there were vignettes of a person smashing the mask, the T-bar mask, which means that we are getting a... Dominic Dijakovic, friend, frenemy of the show. Frenemy of the show, Donovan Dijak. Okay. Dijakovic. Okay. Dijakovic, however you want to say it. Looks like he's coming back to NXT, which I am excited for because he is a fucking stud. Repackage him. At least we don't go go back to what he once was. I stood next to him. He was a he was only like seven inches taller than me and only slightly better looking. <laughs> Dude's a freak. There's no question about it. He is um, a he is a he has a freaky body. He's athletic massive, as fuck. Athletic as fuck. I mean once again, another guy that's you know that seemingly is a package for WWE. I would I would be interested to see how he was booked or not even booked. I would be interested to see how he's repackaged. What what was his, his character going to be like? It was when he was wrestling Keith Lee, or are we just bringing back his name and just repackage him all together? But I want to uh, reiterate this: that Halloween Havoc was a good show. The highs were very high. The lows were very low. But the matches that I told you to watch, basically the first match and the last match, and the Julius Creed versus Damon Kemp match was a hard-hitting match between two Olympic-style athletes that just decided to have a pro wrestling match okay. and just beat the fuck, fuck out, out of each, each other. other. All right, shit. I can watch that. Fuck it. Hell yeah, you can. And that's going to do it for our three count. One, two, three. Now, Jason Bell. Yes, sir. We've talked about a lot of stuff tonight. We did. 
But I teased this at the beginning, and mm-hmm. I the, I want to save this for the end. But I okay. thought that there might be people who are regular listeners of this show that thought I thought, oh, this will tease them until the end. I did watch my first Vikingo match. Okay, and it's not Vikingo. How are we how are we supposed to pronounce it? Well, the Mexicans say Vikingo. Okay, I'll defer. I watched. I think it was the main event. Probably of Triple Mania, or uh, yeah. Uh, well, there was also Penta AAA versus. Was... How do you say it? Oh, it's, a, shit. It, it's it's spelled villain O. Volano, I think is how. Um, Viano. Volano, I think. Well, they is don't how say Quesadilla. Uh, I don't know. I think that's how Excalibur. You ever been to Mexico? It. Never. It's a hell of a country. I want to go. I love it. No, I've always wanted to go. I've never got to the country. Shit. The best people. I've You've never, never left the country. No. I'm telling you, man, Mexico has the best people. They are fucking great. I want to go to the Very, place. very fun, very friendly. I want to go to and, first, man. You know, you might go to a vacation and it's uh, all-inclusive or whatever, and you're not supposed to leave the resort. That ain't going to Mexico. <laughs> so if you go to Mexico like that, that's bullshit. No, I, I if you go, go like to Mexico, that, that. if you go to Mexico, no, we got, we got to you got to get off the resort. My wife and I stayed in an Airbnb one time okay. in Mexico in Tulum, and we just rented bikes that were in the, you know, you walked a mile, you rented a bike, and then you rode up to the, to the Mayan ruins, and then you rode in the town, you had margaritas, and you just held out, hung out with the people. Right. Don't stay on the resort, motherfuckers. Get off the resort. I agree. I would like that would, that if you're going to go to down. a different country, don't just take advantage of their beaches. Try to get a little bit of the culture, right? Okay, and not the American version of the culture. Not just nachos and margaritas. Right. Like seriously, go out and see the people. Go go to like the town. Go to like the little bar or whatever. Actually, have you know that food? You know something I would consider more authentic. That being said, this Vikingo is just a dirty little Mexican. <laughs> you ain't shit. <laughs> He's number eight for a reason, goddammit. I'm I'm kidding. Uh this so uh friend of the show, uh dog one one eight or uh Mike Gonzalez, friend of Fernandez. the show, Fernandez. You know what that's what I meant. I can't. Jesus. I can't tell. Him Stop. So uh, he gonna beat your ass next he, time. No, he hit me. He, I saw him Saturday night. We had a good time together. Great dude. No, he's, that's, that's my man. <clears throat> Friend of the show. Great dude. Uh, he tweeted me recently about Vikingo getting. I say Vikingo now. Right. To give him, show him his respect. Yeah, as well, you should. His he is work visa has cleared. Mm-hmm. He is going to start showing up in America. Right. Four matches, and this guy is unbelievable. I watched that. Did you watch that triple mania match with him and Phoenix? No, I, I haven't. That's another match they I want to see. It's a six-sided ring. The ramp goes straight up to the straight up to the ring at at one of the six sides. So when they feel like flipping over and landing on it, this match is unbelievable. Vikingo is unbelievable. I'm not saying he's better than Phoenix or better than Pentagon. What I'm saying is he's as good as them. And God bless Vikingo. He would have been, he's number eight on the PWI chart this year. 
He's number one in my heart after watching, <laughs> after, after watching this match. Yes! Converted. Tremendous match. I will never make fun of him again. He fucking ruled. He does this thing where he runs up the ramp, and the ramp is at the same level of the ring, and all he does is kick off the bottom rope and does like a double flip, a, a double, so I guess it'd be a... 720 or he does a double flip and lands it looks insane the way he does it because he's jumping from the ramp and he just kicks off the bottom rope on the outside and flips onto the inside it's, double flip off the bottom rope it's into an insane the spot yeah that sounds like some crazy shit Fenix kicks out yeah of course <laughs> but it is you know it's a lucha match yeah. so they're doing all the crazy shit and people kick out of stuff no I'm not Look. I know, I know you don't hate it. No, tremendous it match. See, I love Vikingo. See, see, you you was running that. that My favorite like wrestler of all time. Right, I I, <laughs> I I like him better than Kevin Owens and Kurt Angle Whoa. combined. Whoa. Combined. Okay. All right, come off the ledge, man. <laughs> it's just one match. <laughs> this is bad from uh, any other odds and ends that you want to talk about? Uh, I saw that uh, Shuri was voted number one on the women's uh, PWI. Uh, I think it. Don't get me wrong. I love, I love Storm. I watch it all the time. I got to watch a couple shows coming up here this weekend. Um, ultimately, no problem with it. I don't. I don't think she's going to be my woman's wrestler of the year, which sounds crazy. But neither here nor there. Bianca Belair was two. Uh, I think Charlotte Flair was on the uh, the list. Uh, a couple other Stardom wrestlers on the list. I didn't. I didn't write down the top ten, but I just saw that and just. Just wanted to throw that out there. Just you know, as a Stardom fan, it's it's good to see Stardom getting some love. Uh, there were also two TV title matches that I missed last night. There were Ishii versus Narita, and Yano versus Shredo Khan. Yes, thank you. Um, who I, won? I, obviously, I I don't know who won that match. I haven't watched. Uh, New Japan the last couple of days they did back to back shows I got a little banged up last yeah, night it, so it, well, anyway it, it just they just put it on New Japan at like three o'clock this afternoon um, I know Ren Narita beat Ishii which was something that I was thinking about because they were having the undercard matches that you hate so much and Ren Narita they're was dumb. they're dumb Ren Narita was giving that work to Ishii to the point where I'm sitting there thinking I'm like. Are they going to put him over because they've dubbed him like... And Narita went over. And Renarita went over. They dubbed him like, you know, son of strong style. They gave him this whole new persona. I'm just can like, we just what say, the fuck is going on? Can we just say Narita? Because when you say Renarita, it sounds like Renteria. <laughs> I think I've said this before. And Renteria is one of my three favorite St. Louis Cardinals of all time. Yeah. I love Edgar Renteria. Just, just, just never went to Boston, you, you know, stupid so, motherfucker. You know there's no such thing as clutch in baseball, but yeah. you also know that Renteria, his batting average in the ninth inning of, or his batting average in World Series ninth innings or later, it's like 800. <laughs> so there might be no such thing as clutch. Yeah, whatever. But that's a hell of a coincidence. Yeah, I was about to say, Edgar Renneria might uh, say something different about that. That's for sure. Nah, I don't think so. Yeah, that's clutch, baby. This is banned from ringside. Hey, we got some birthdays this week. Oh, shit. All right. So Jesus, here we go. Bobby Fish is 43. Canadian. What? 
it, it's a dog joke. He gets it. Well, he's definitely not black. <laughs> MVP. <laughs> the aforementioned MVP. Canadian. <laughs> no, MVP is black. I promise. How old is MVP? And, Make me feel bad. Uh, he's 49. Oh, God, uh, thank you. MVP actually has a really cool story, and I think that somebody should do a movie or a documentary about him sometime. Which all bullshit aside, that, yeah, that was no, he went to jail. Yeah, he he went to jail as a young young black American man. Uh, he started learning uh, the martial arts. Eventually, became a professional wrestler. Can fight. Went to Japan. Loves Japan. First Intercontinental Champion. Yep, and then came back to the U.S. and now he's making money with WWE being. A manager that takes a couple bumps a month. God bless him. Future WWE Hall of Famer. Montavia. Oh, shit. Montel Vontavious Porter. Porter. Uh, Marrow. Just met him the other night. Jason and I talked to him the other night. Uh, I, will, I, I will admit I did was starting to mark out a little bit. I had to walk away because I was thinking I was getting ready to embarrass myself. Two beers, Zach Bowen, talked to him the other night. I went over to him and I said, hey, man. I was like, I watch NJPW every week and I think. Huh? Yes, birthdays. Rockamero. Um, he's an NJPW stud. He's an announcer and he performed at Joey's show with Grandall Wrestling. Like I said before, if you didn't go to the show last week, that's fine. But the next one you shouldn't miss. And bring your friends that are not wrestling fans because it is a fun night out. We you will you will never right. forget. You'll never forget it. You'll be talking about if even if you never go to another one, you'll you'll be talking to your friends. Do you remember when we went to that wrestling show and just <laughs> yelled at people? Because that's Almost all I do Bill, is yeah. yell at people. <laughs> Almost watch Bill get his ass hand to him, but you know, <laughs> Paul, no or- Paul Orndorff. Oh boy, uh, he's not black or Canadian. Yeah, we're going Canadian. <laughs> nah, he's alive. Okay, seventy three. Edge sure. is forty nine. The greatest color commentary person of all time is Bobby the Brain Heenan would have been 78 this week uh he shares the birthday with the greatest white dreadlocked wrestler of all time which is Tyler Rex uh <laughs> LA Knight is 40 this week Charmel um definitely Canadian I'm gonna go <laughs> yeah she's Canadian 42 42 she's 50 wow. Darren Young the first openly gay wrestler in WWE history is 39 I Current, hope he's uh, strong champion on New Japan is that true yes he beat uh, Tom Waller what's his name Darren Young he, he still kept his name and Samir Singh is 35 you remember Samir Singh I remember, is that the one that took the bad bounce from uh, Randy Orton on the table? It was him and his brother. (laughs) (laughs) If it's him, then yeah, I remember him. For Tinder Mahal, for Joey O'Farrell, for Lucha Lucha Chris, for Murray the Murray Man Murray, for Patriot Patch, for Vice, for Aaron Veggie, who's sitting out, uh, hanging out with us, for Reba the... For Larry CM Punk's dog. Check. For Two Beers Act Pullman. For, J- for Jason Pullman. <laughs> support your, support your local weed dealers, Jason Pullman. Check. Support your local restaurants Check. and the Booth of Heels. Where's this Jason Pullman cat at? 